boys in the huddle podcast it's ricky trey and joe back for another episode what's going on fellas you we have happy to be here happy, happy new year happy new year indeed indeed Already. it's 2020 2020 vision that's what they're saying that's what the thoughts is saying 2020 vision new year new me yeah we know <laughs> liar <laughs> Just this early in 2020, our Eagles are done. So we're going to spend some time on this episode to have a recap of the season. Things that may have gone right and things that may have gone wrong. Um, we had high hopes early on. I think we were all at, what, 12 and 4 for the most part. That was kind of the consensus. Maybe 11 and 5. Yeah, that's right. But um, And if you think about it, we're probably two catches away from 11 and 5. Never should have lost to the damn Dolphins. It wasn't far-fetched for that to happen, but but it happened. So, uh, but you guys seem to be excited about the tail end of the year. Eagles making the playoffs. That was something that uh, really got you guys going. You were excited about. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? There he goes. What are you started. talking about? Paint your picture. Well, yeah, it's a like simple it's a question. Bad thing. I mean. <laughs> I don't necessarily know that excited is the word. I mean, you've used it twice in the last uh, six seconds. I don't know if that's exactly the word, but it was like, all right, that's what's up, man. We we in the playoffs. Let's make it happen. Let's make a run, baby. Make a run to what? To the Super Bowl. That's the only only place you run to. Oh, this was a Super Bowl caliber team that we saw here? Okay. No, not at all. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, for me, I wasn't excited about it. As you guys know, I was hoping that we didn't make the playoffs after, especially after the Dolphins lost. Big time, I'm sending you money. Don't worry about it. It's coming. Um, <laughs> you know, it, to so me, it was, just, it just I wasn't excited. I was rooting for them once we got there, but I wasn't excited. I would say I, would say I, was, in, I was encouraged – by seeing them bounce back and definitely was, was, was pleased with seeing them make it, make it to the playoffs and the way, in the way that they got there. Um, probably slightly different than Ron. I, I didn't think, I mean, I don't think Ron had thought they really could make the Super Bowl either, but I mean, I know what you're saying, but, but, you know, I was happy to see them at least make it to the tournament. Would have loved to have seen them at least make it to the second round, but it didn't work out that way. But there's some positive things I took from that from the season that we, we could get into. Um, exactly. As we talk about the Eagles. I mean, we exactly. Had... I think that's, that's more so, I think that's more so the feeling. It's not a feeling of being, it was like, all right, cool. Go ahead, Toos. No, we saw Howie Roseman apologize to the fans today. You would think, you know, someone at his level, GM, whatever he is, Three years in a row now, your team's made the playoffs, but two nine and seven, seven two nine and seven seasons, none the least. Um, still questions about your quarterback. Uh, still questions about your training staff because these injuries mount up year in and year out at this point. Um, I didn't want them to go because now we're going to see glaring issues get masked and things not get addressed. And that was my concern because now we can say, all right, we have something to build off of. No, you don't. You don't. You might have found a few bright spots, but I would be shocked 
I, I don't think Greg Ward's going to even be on the team next year. As much as everybody loved him for this moment, probably won't be on the team next year. Absurd. You say that, but I don't, I don't foresee him. If we're really going to upgrade this offense, I mean, if what do they keep, five receivers? Maybe he's the fifth? I mean, I don't think he comes in as an impact player helping the team next year. So I didn't want them to go to the playoffs. Once we got there, I was rooting for them. But then we'll save the game. Let's just talk about what went on throughout the season. So we did get a ton of entries. We lose uh, Deshaun after the first game. That changes a lot on offense, without a doubt. Um, Lane Johnson ends up going down at, at some point. Brooks then goes down. Um, two of the best offensive linemen in, in the game. I don't think that that affected Carson's play. <clears throat> I didn't see him in under duress more so than any other time when they are in there. So I don't, I don't think that that affected him so much. And we still ran the ball well, right? So I don't know if they're injuries actually took a toll on the team as much as you may think. Um, but then Alshon goes down, um, which may have been a good thing. And I will say, I believe it was, and we've spoken about this. They weren't playing for wins. Same with Aguilar. We know Aguilar is going to go, but I think Alshon has to go as well. Uh, let's stay there. What do you guys think about Alshon coming back next year and if his absence did help Wentz? Um, well, I want to I'm going to talk about Alshon, um, a couple other things, too. Uh, I think Malik Jackson going down, too, was another one, mm-hmm. too, in the mm-hmm. game, first game, because he was the guy they brought back to kind of replace losing Chris Long and, and Michael Michael Bennett, which was the two main guys that was putting pressure. So that was a big loss, too. Um yeah, and I, and I think Brooks and, and, and Jernigan, Lane Johnson, like Jernigan you said, as well, right? Wasn't Jernigan there early in the year? Yeah, Jernigan was always like in and out. He really didn't. He really didn't do too much um, uh, either. So that's that's another one. Um, we didn't even talk about the cornerbacks and all of that. But yeah, there was a lot, ton of injuries over there. But who cares about that? I mean, they were they were never good to be in. It seems like, but um, but yeah, to to Alshon, I mean. You know, definitely, definitely think I've I've always said this. I know I think y'all kind of maybe agreed or disagreed, but I thought a lot of the issues were isolated when it came to Wentz. I thought it was really the dynamic between him and Alshon, and everything we've seen this year kind of supported that. Maybe it was a little bit with Aguilar as well, but I don't know. Aguilar has been on a big Carson support. uh, marketing tour lately um, at the end of the season, <laughs> you know, and so has Alshon and, and so has Alshon. So it's just, it's, they were both guilty of being suckers. You know, I think I would paint the picture of, they didn't necessarily not, they didn't want to play for Wentz, but they didn't want to play for themselves and they didn't want to play for their team. And we mm-hmm. saw the team, what I saw was a team rally behind the players that were remaining and a bunch of young guys you know, practice squad right. guys in particular rally behind uh, this quarterback, which I think kind of means something. Against bottom um, barrel yeah. teams in the league, I think they're all going to have top five picks in this upcoming draft. Just want to mention that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 what I will say is the ability to lead 
these guys uh, with this group of talent against those bottom of the barrel teams. I mean, Dallas was eight and eight. I think they underperformed, but they they're weren't bottom of the barrel. They're dysfunctional. Franchise. I think that means something. I think that means. Something. I don't. Um, I, I mean, don't. okay. I mean, what? Why, why is that? Is your point? Is your point because Wentz is a top five pick, so that should happen, right? That Wentz is a top five pick it has nothing to do with the fact that he's a top five pick. These teams are bad, and it wasn't like we were blowing them out. We had to come no, no, back no. before. Before before your your point was, if you're a top five pick, you're supposed to be able to beat those teams, right? No, I was that saying that saying these before? teams are going to have a top five pick. That's what I said. Okay. The teams that we beat will well, have a top five pick in the draft. Well, Dallas isn't going to have a top five pick. Outside and, of them, I mean, Dallas is dysfunctional. They're going to always get in their I mean, own way. We've seen that. Right. But Dallas Dallas was fully healthy. Um, maybe Dak had a shoulder issue or whatever, but they didn't get it done, and the team of replacements did. So I, I, I actually put value in that. Give we credit see for that. other teams. I give them credit for that win, and we I see, think I texted you and said wins play well. There it is. Yeah, but you, but but I think you diminish it a little bit. There's other teams out there that have had top five picks, particularly in the quarterback position. And I'm gonna just say a couple of names just to kind of cement. My For the point. record, I never said James anything Winston. about a top five pick. Ja- I never said anything about that. But go ahead. Jameis Winston, Matthew Stafford, Mitchell Trubisky, Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota, Blake Bortles. You put any of those names on this Eagles team with these replacements, they're not making the playoffs. What is, what, what's your point? I never said anything about a top five pick. My point is that when we're talking about franchise quarterback and Carson Wentz, I think that it proved a lot by showing that he could still rally with replacement players and drive them to win, at regardless that point of the in records the season, of the teams he played. At that point in the season, Don said there was no more pressure. There was nothing to lose. There was, was nothing to lose. To lose one, loss, it wasn't. One, one loss, he wasn't going to make the playoffs. The expectations were out the window at this point. The expectations are out the window. The expectations were out the window. This, this, we had given up. The fans had given up and said, this team stinks. Nobody cares anymore. There, there, there wasn't the same quit. level expectations. I will say, yeah. And he could have easily, easily quit. He could have. Well, he did rally those group of bums. I hate to call them that, but, I mean, like you said, the practice squad guys that nobody ever heard of. It was easier for him to galvanize that collection of players. Now, when you got these primetime receivers that you need to help you, are you going to be able to lead those guys? I haven't seen it. I don't think so. But that's the question. That's, 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 now that, well, you don't think so because you don't believe in Wentz. I, I, at this point, I no. don't think. I, at this and, point, I don't. And that's, that's, that's your prerogative, but to, to, to overlook what he's accomplished in the season in particular at the end of the season, I just don't think that's the right assessment. I think, you know, there's a lot that he can take from what he did at the end of the season. Unfortunately, he got hurt in the playoff game that we'll get to. Would have loved to have seen him get that experience. I know we all agree on that, but I don't know. I think there's a lot that he can build on that. Um, But Ron, what what is your your take? What I think is that Carson Wentz, he did a lot with a little. 
I think that. I think Carson Wentz had a season that uh, we can definitely build this on. Well, Ron, i got to interject. You're not factoring in the caliber of teams that he was playing. That doesn't weigh into your thoughts on how that went. No. No, it doesn't. No, no. Because, because ultimately, as, as a football player, you have to go out and you have to perform. It doesn't matter. You only thing you can do is play your schedule. It, that, fine, so but if say go. those last four games were against the Chiefs, the Ravens, uh, and the Saints, and then you can put the Cowboys in there, we would not be having the same conversation. Well, well, that you're I, having. I don't speak in, I I don't understand I, your point. The teams that he beat were bad. You're supposed to win those games against that caliber of team. You can talk about the injuries all you want, but we even were still better even if you had than three, the Giants. Even if you have three receivers where you don't know their names at the beginning of the season, I don't care. You, you still got two tight. You, you got running, two top tight ends. You got a good running back, rookie running back, broke records for the year. You had enough around you what, to wait, beat wait, those I'm teams. To, to beat those teams. I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand. Okay, my four So they got the they got they had one of the weakest schedules in the season. That's just a fact. They got wins against Green Bay. They got wins against Buffalo, and then they got wins against average teams, whatever, however you want to classify the Cowboys. I got it. He played the teams that that were dealt to him. They made the playoffs. What's your point about the last four games and those being average teams or mediocre teams or whatever because you're saying? Everybody now like, is talk about how. He galvanized the team, and he showed he's a leader, and he led us to the playoffs. Like, those teams were bad. But that's true. But that's true, though. But they so were you don't bad think that there's teams. Nothing to build. So let's let's be let's take a clear position. You don't think there's nothing he can take from those four wins at the end of the season? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying nothing is strong, but I don't think there's a lot. If he would have played in that playoff game, then then we could have had a better conversation. We would have known more, but he didn't, and I'm not blaming him okay. for that. But we didn't even get the the one thing I said to y'all was the only thing that is a positive here is the fact that Wentz gets some playoff experience, and he didn't even get it. I mean, <laughs> I think I think the other positive he could take is that when there was noise about his leadership and him being arrogant and being an asshole, whatever the kid's teammates not liking him, that got real quiet once a few people left out the locker room. Oh, yeah, and it looks we like know. a bunch of players that wanted to play. But it looks like a bunch of players that want to play for him, play with him, and rock with him. Let's take, so let's take a step back. A, let's take a step back. These players are trying to make a name for themselves. They don't have no ego because they can't. It's no different than if this is what we got to do, then we got to do it. But it's no different than when Iverson played and they had to surround him by around a bunch of bums with no ego because they knew that that's the personality he had to have. I don't think Brandon Brooks qualifies to that. I think Zach Ertz is a pro bowler. We're not talking about the linemen. We're not talking about the linemen. It's not just a replacement. Zach Ertz is a tight end. But I'm not just talking about... I'm not just talking about the replacement players. There were a bunch of... I mean, Jalen Mills even said, he said, yo, we got to make sure we get 11 out there. Like, there's the team, the noise that you tried to put out there about. Nah, I, I tried you, to right? said you count. For sure. You, I said to you a number, number of times, I said, yo, it's just Alshon. You said, nah, I think it's more than Alshon. It's all, them niggas don't fuck with him. Them niggas don't fuck with him. 
What people are you talking about? Oh no, it, and then it, it starts left, and they with got yeah, it's, every every uh, movement or, or or riot or whatever no you want to call it has to have a leader. We just no we were just talking about this with with parents and coaching, coaching kids. It always takes us one to disrupt. So then you can have people that's going to side with that particular person, and before you know it, before they know it, they're going down that same ugly path. So yeah, it was Alshon probably was the one with the anonymous uh, leaks, along with Aguilar. We everybody is pretty aware that those two had something to do with it, and it has uh, infestation throughout the locker room. It spreads. You remove the cancer. But it didn't. If they would have stayed on it the team, I, it probably would have. I think it would have continued to be a distraction and a disruption because you're always going to have people, if that's how you feel, you'll be snickering and doing all these little things behind his back, whatever is going on. Once it's removed, now there's a weight lifted. There's a little bit more energy, and, and people don't have this negative cloud looming over them once you remove it. And I think that's probably what happened. But at the same time, these guys who were replacement players that stepped up, they're just trying to make a name for themselves no matter who's throwing them the ball. They're trying to make a, li- a livelihood for their families because this is their one shot. So what happens when that's not the case? And We all know receivers are going to have an attitude. That's in their DNA. They come with that. If you're a primetime receiver, you're going to have to deal with somebody that's going to want the ball every single time. And that attitude, that's the type of guy that's going to take you to the Super Bowl. And if he, I don't know if he can deal with that. We'll find out. We'll find out. But I just wanted to make sure your point was clear. Your point is the last four games, um, you, you don't think it's as big of a deal as what you are claiming other people think. I, I think they can build from that. And you're saying not as much since they were mediocre teams is your point. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are divisions. Our division is probably the worst in the league. And the fact that you had all division games to end the season gave you a really good shot to sweep it. You did. You struggled in every game except for maybe the Cowboys game. Um, So, I mean, I didn't put a whole lot of weight to it. And you all did, and it would to each its own. But I think that we can agree that there's issues that have to be addressed, right? I think issues will be addressed. But before we get to that, Ron, did you, my fault, Bert, did you give your take on the last four games? Again, I think that Carson did a lot with a little. And I think that Tuse's thought process is, is, is skewed. I think we have to view it based on what we have. I, I don't understand what's, what's difficult that you have three receivers that are out there playing that were not on the team on the were not on the team in the in the beginning of the season. My point is, if we play better teams, playoff caliber teams in those last four games, you can include the Cowboys. Just give us three playoff caliber teams. We probably don't get in the playoffs. And then everybody's having a different discussion. Yeah, but at that point, the discussion is that our team sucks and we're losing the exact way that we're supposed to lose. We shouldn't be winning at all. But exactly. If you even play teams that are just a level up from the Giants in this case, 
it's a likelihood we don't win those games. But everybody's trying to talk about this is the, the coming out party of some sort for Carson Wentz, which I just, I'm not riding with that wave. I'm not riding with that right. wave. If we beat those teams with, the, with with our opening day roster of Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, who, who whether we like to say it or not, he had he has had a good season and a half under his belt. If we start off with, the, if we end up, you know, with, with those three wide receivers for 16 weeks, for 17 weeks, well, then, you know, then, then your argument may have, have, have some validity. Without it, and with no receivers, Miles Sanders, who came into his own, which we're glad about that, that we feel was going to happen no matter what, right? We were happy once he finally took over and, and Jordan Howard was out for 19 weeks with a fucking stinger. You know, we were happy with that. I don't know. But then you I add in Boston. Yeah, but but with that with that happening, it opened up the floor for Miles Sanders all the time. And then when you add in the fact of Boston Scott stepping up, Greg Ward, who was a, not a relatively unknown, he was a motherfucking unknown, stepping up. But and we've being seen Greg Ward receiver. with our own eyes saying, who's that guy? He's catching everything. And then not even play the exactly. whole season. So what's going well, on with the damn to, coaches? There's too many say, things that got to be addressed. These coaches got to be addressed. The front office got to be addressed. And it's not going to get addressed. No, but see, that's where I, now that's where I, I totally disagree. Unlike the Sixers last year, right, where our team, the Sixers were, the Sixers lost a lot. And I don't think, not I don't think, I know they did not address the needs in the offseason. I believe that the Eagles, based on even though we went, you know, we got to the playoffs, the needs are glaring. Nobody here is, nobody's disputing that fact that we need a lot. We need a lot. And we overachieved for what we had. I haven't heard the organization say they know it. We know it as fans. That's different than them knowing it. And them being able well, to just yeah, continue but the, but to mask things. The organization will never come out and say that. When has an organization ever said who overachieved? When you this fucking year? lost, and this overachievement term is crazy to me. This team did not overachieve. They played How did they really not? bad teams at the end they of the year. Playing, they were playing with me and you at wide receiver. It, it, no, they weren't. I mean, that's funny and all, but they weren't. They had guys that made it to the NFL, it, and they had a lot so, around okay. them. Name me, give me the, give me the names of the of the three wide receivers. I'm not going to go through this routine with you again. He had two of the best tight ends in the league. He had a great running back who broke records. I don't care about the tight ends. That's he not could, the point. He, these teams were playing with terrible. That we had. I'm not naming. You can't name them. We already went through this can't. exercise. We've already you done it. You can't name them. What did that so, like so, to be so, easy to so name? Let me let me jump in to to make a couple things. Two things can be true. This nigga hates the Eagles, by the way. Two, two, two things can be true. Um, they can they can be an underachieving team overall for the season based on the expectations at the beginning of this season, and then they could be an overachieving team from the standpoint of what they had, the, the hand they were dealt with injuries with the players that they had for half of the season. Two things can be true. At the end of the day, though, it's still is overall I would say a disappointing season because they they didn't meet the fans' expectations, which is why I think Toos or, or Ron, you mentioned, Howie Roseman addressed the media today saying, you know, he was apologizing to fans, right? So so, so that's, that's, that kind of summarizes, I think, for all of it. But I think where we were going was the needs, right? And there's player needs, 
there's, in my opinion, some coaching needs and there's some front office needs. I think somebody mentioned earlier. And I think what I heard today, which gave me a little bit of concern, um, and this is fresh news that just came out today for the listeners, but, you know, it, it sounds like Peterson did a, did a Q&A today with the press, and for whatever reason, he took the position of praising the offensive coordinator and uh, I think the, the wide receiver coach, which go. for anybody that's an Eagles fan, We've been, we know the wide receiver coach and the offensive coordinator. They gotta go, right? You can't you can't praise two guys that have struggled the whole season. I mean, the point that y'all did make is they found a way to get the best out of a bunch of replacement players, but for whatever reason, it didn't work with the players that they drafted. When you think about Mac Hollins, he got cut for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They brought back Jordan Matthews. That was a waste of time. I'm going to throw in Jay Ajayi because nobody understood Same. why he was brought back. Um, yep. So there's, so there's Artega a Whiteside. All the guys were mentioning, yeah, well, he didn't do shit. I'm, I, well, let's talk about Artega Whiteside real quick. And this is, this is the only stat I got for this damn podcast. For the season, 10 catches, 169 yards, one touchdown. Y'all know what DK Metcalf's stat line was this past Sunday? He had seven, seven catches, 160 yards, and one touchdown. He basically had the production of Arcega Whiteside in one damn game that we got for the whole season. And he was almost a thousand yard receiver. And that's another miss on the draft. As we talked about this a couple of times, everybody knows my thoughts on the Eagles draft. Right. I was really upset about it. So, so, so it's been proven. That from a front office standpoint, player maybe Joe Douglas wasn't the guy. By the way, I think that's another thing that might be a takeaway uh, uh, this year. It looks like they might be right on Miles Sanders. We really didn't get to see the left tackle out there that much because uh, of Jason Peters. We'll talk about Jason Peters in a second, but you know, there's a couple of things that that um, still need to be addressed. The last thing I'm gonna say about what I heard today was I also found it interesting when he was asked about uh, Jim Schwartz. Um, he was very evasive and noncommittal about Schwartz coming back. And he's interviewing with the Cleveland Browns right now for the head coaching position. But the rumor that the rumor, the rumor has it that he might actually be interviewing for the defensive coordinator position and that they may end up bringing in Josh McDaniel. I think there's like some history or something between those two, whatever the case may be. He's on his way out, it sounds like, and he was not very committal for bringing Jim Schwartz back. Who even so, knew Jim Schwartz was good at defense? <laughs> was the defense even good in Detroit when he was there? Like, what the fuck? How did we get stuck with his ass? Well, I mean, too, honestly, though, like, let's talk about – statistically, though, the Eagles' defense ain't that bad. Yes. But that is the very secondary true. is terrible. But the well, secondary you know that. And it's been terrible. But, But – is the issue Schwartz or is the issue the players that were put in his system? Like, or is, it, is it talent evaluation? To oh, the yeah, issue? it goes hand it, in hand. And I'm going to I want to go on. I've got some stats on that that we can get into. Um, so, anyway, I, and so I think it's interesting that the strongest assistant coach that he has out of all of them, I think, is Schwartz. I'm actually not on the get rid of Schwartz train. I'm still thinking about it, but. 
but the defense to me, although the secondary was was terrible in key moments, they they lost the game when they gave up 17 points to the to Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Like it, offense was an issue a lot of those games, but I mean definitely no argument. I mean secondary terrible, but rushing they right. were number three in the league defending defending the rush. You know, mm-hmm. all, all front totally seven is, they were number front 10, seven 10 is in solid. The yeah, the front seven is solid. It's that secondary. Yeah, two games. So I, two games against Seattle. And he don't blitz. Points. A game against right. New England. I think that was another seventeen points. Uh, uh, same with I believe. Um, uh, Buffalo and, and Dallas, what, nine points. So the thing is that we know this, we know where our weakness is. It lies in the secondary. Jim Schwartz, I can't shit all the way on Jim Schwartz because, as Tay said, he's working with the pieces that he had. I would love if he blitzed a lot more, but yeah, I don't know. If, I'm more if, concerned with his schemes than the personnel. Yeah. yeah, he can't do too much about the personnel at this point. But right. His schemes right. concern me because he doesn't really, he doesn't do anything too creative. You know, he rushes the four, and, and that's, then, you that's, know. that's true. That's true. My only thing too is with that is when we say get him out of here, just be careful what we get because we went from the Jim Johnson era to the Juan Rivera era to Good Lord, whoever else was the defensive coordinator after that. But you know what? All those guys have thrived. Think about that, Ty Bowles. Sean McDermott, those were the guys. I don't know if we just didn't give them enough time or maybe they were too young or green at the time. But those guys were in the system. Those guys were taking over. And now we see what it is now. I think Ron Rivera was with us, right? So, I mean, yeah, those are top yeah, guys in the league, league right now. Juan Castillo. Well, he was Juan Castillo. Juan Castillo. That yeah, was Juan Cash, I said Juan Rivera. Juan Castillo, thank you. That's who I met. But yeah, but it gets it gets spook. It was spooky after that. I mean, you said Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles got fired from the Jets. So yeah, you know, he's... it wasn't all good for those guys. Yeah, who knows if we can blame Todd Bowles for that? He he coached well. You know, I mean, he got the most out of those guys his last year, and they fired him. Right, black coach. We right. can get into that later. But since mm. we're on this topic here. I do want to read this off because who is evaluating the talent? You know, we know Howie Roseman is involved. I'm guessing Doug is involved. Not exactly sure who all else is involved. But we've been talking about the secondary for years, since the Jim Johnson era. And I have to believe that the Eagles don't put a lot of value on defensive backs. I'm, you have to start to believe that, because if you look at this point, we have to. We we they they've given they've given us nothing to think no. otherwise. But if you look historically, over the past ten years, and there's only one person who has been involved for the past ten years actually is when he came on board in 2010, and these are the draft picks at the defensive back position. In 2010, it was Nate Allen in the second round. Then they drafted a Trevard Lindley in the fourth round. Then in the seventh round, Kurt Coleman. Those are the three defensive backs they drafted in 2010. Not sure what happened with Nate Allen. Never heard of Lindley. I don't think he probably never made the team. And, of course, we remember Mr. Kurt Coleman. Uh, struggled for years mightily. Seventh round. Out of all these picks, there's no first-round draft pick, but I'll keep going through 
2011, Jaquan Jarrett out of Temple. Never played and was cut the next year. Had a rookie season, never played another NFL season, period. Defensive back, second round. Curtis Marsh was a safety. They tried to transition to cornerback. Didn't work. 2012, Brandon Boykin. I thought he was solid. I think it was some behavioral shit with him or something that happened, and he ended up going to the Steelers, but he was probably one of the better ones Chip they drafted. Chip said he was too small, but every time I saw him play, he was getting interceptions. I didn't understand right. that. But. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. fourth-round pick. That was the only one we drafted that year. In 2013, Earl Wolf in the fifth round, Jordan Poyer in the seventh round. Got nothing from either one of them. 2014, Jalen Watkins in the fourth round. Ed Reynolds in the fifth round. Nothing. That might have been one of the worst drafts ever from the Eagles, 2014. 2015, Eric Rowe, who lasted, what, a year, two years with us? And then was gone? And then he went and did work with the Patriots. Right, second he round pick. Second round pick. He got worked by the. He, he got worked when he was on the Patriots. I think he's with Alshon the. Um, got that touchdown on. I, him. I think he's with the Dolphins he's now. With my, yeah, he's yeah. with Miami now. But we we gave him a year or two and got rid of his ass. Jacory Shepard, in the sixth round of that year, twenty fifteen. Randall Randall him. Evans in the sixth round. Of that year. Never heard I of him I think I went either. to school with that nigga. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got hurt. He got hurt in like a preseason and never, never, never played it down for the Eagles, Randall Adams. I remember that. 2016. Sixth round Blake Countess. Damn mm. sure don't remember him. Y'all remember Blake? <laughs> no, nah, he might be related to uh, <laughs> to the bitch from uh, Moesha. Countess. Her, that was her first yeah. name. His last name. Was Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only guy we got that year. That was that was your favorite draft there. That's when we got Wentz um, in sixteen. Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills was I think. Oh yeah, Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills was seven round pick that year, and he was drafted as a, he was a safety. Another yeah. guy we've tried to convert, <laughs> and clearly <laughs> it ain't working. No. That's the only guy I know that celebrates a drop pass as if he just laid the boobs. So, all right, so 2017, Sidney Jones, who had a ruptured Achilles, they knew he wasn't going to play. I actually think Sidney Jones is going to go elsewhere and, and put in work. I think he's going to be Me solid too. once he leaves. Me too. 100% agree. Third round, I Russell think Douglas. Try and keep him. But the way they've treated him, put him in the doghouse, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. He's- he should have, he should have been playing Sunday over Avante yeah. Maddox, in my opinion. But I mean, the plays they had him in there, he kept making plays. Like, give him a, give him a shot. You ain't got right. nothing else to LeBlanc lose. LeBlanc was I getting didn't killed that. too. LeBlanc was getting murdered out there. Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm-hmm. And then Russell Douglas in the third round that year. Duh. Duh. Last no year, Avante Maddox in the fourth round, um, excuse me, in 2018. And then last year, we didn't draft anybody. Now, for the listeners, you can probably name one or two of those guys and say, oh, yeah, I remember him. Oh, yeah, he's on the team. The rest of them, we right. never heard of them. 
Mm-hmm. We don't remember where they are now. They got a fucking insurance company in Idaho somewhere. Or they got a car dealership back where they played college be- uh, football. Now, I'm not saying that this is all their fault of evaluating and bringing these guys in. But why can't these damn coaches coach anybody up? That's what I'm saying. It's glaring issues. Patrick Chung comes in and he goes and he's on special teams. Can't fucking find his way in the field. And he thrives with Belichick year in and year out. Like, what the fuck is going on? Golden Tate Golden Tate looked okay in New York. I mean, clearly, I, we won that Super Bowl and everybody thinks Scandrick is a clown for sure. But there's some validity to what he says about them kind of just still living and hanging their hat on that. And I think a lot of that was just timing was great. We got hot. It was just something about everything that was going on in the air. But he had a lot of inexperienced guys, Doug Peterson being one of them. And he had a lot of people that, such as the Mike Groves of the world, not a ton of experience, but being able to be elevated. And who knows who the DB uh, coaches are? I, I don't know. We should probably do some research on that. But clearly there's something wrong with the talent evaluation as well as the player development with these position coaches. That I do not dispute one single bit. I think we all can agree on that. I think most Eagles fans can agree on that. And these are the things I think will get overlooked. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but that's the part that I do disagree with. I I don't think that they'll be overlooked. I think that ultimately the coaching, the coaches have to do a far better job. And Greg Ward is is the, the poster child for doing a far better job at evaluating talent. Ray Didinger a.k.a. Eagles historian, you know, the best that's ever done it. He said in training camp, he said he didn't know why Greg Ward wasn't elevated to the opening day roster and that he should have been playing. We saw it ourselves with our own eyes. (laughs) I mean, it was the eye test was like, yo, who's that? Perkins too. But, I mean, Perkins got to have a tough time to get on the field with the tight ends. Right, right. With those two ahead of him. Definitely, definitely. But – so, so it definitely lies in the coaching and, and in the talent evaluation. There, there's no doubt about that. But again, I think that, and not, not to dial back to, to where we were at, I think we've, we've gotten past that and we don't need to, to trump it up again, but I think that what they did for what they had was a good thing, and it's something to build off of. That's what I'm saying. We we at the end of the day, there's something that those guys in the locker room, those 53 guys that will be there next year, they have something to come back to and say, "All right, you know what? We 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 have something here." I, I disagree. We're not going to change each other's minds on that. I disagree, and we can talk about what happened in the, in the game on Sunday. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people trying to give Wentz a hard time about him leaving the game after what looked to be a targeted intentional hit by Mr. Clowney, appropriate name. Um, To me, it looked like he intentionally shifted his head down and targeted Wentz in the back of the head. 
Do you guys agree? One thousand percent. One thousand percent. For for that call to go unmade, that's a travesty. On a, on national TV in a playoff game, I can see how it'd be hard to, to call that in real time. Though, you know what I mean? Like, I could time, see how definitely. that could be hard to call. I, I, I think I cannot. I can understand it, but at the same time, this was a this was a big thing for the past what four, five, six, seven years. But it's a weird angle. Like it wasn't like typically you see that happen when the defensive guy is coming forward. You know what I mean? Like this was like him trailing from behind and lunging from behind. It was weird. But he dove down. He dove down like no, he was yeah. diving off the it 12 It was easy foot, for us to uh, see. Off the 12 foot, 12 foot in the Yeah, it was easy for us to see in the replay. Easy, clear as day. Yeah, but in I real mean, time, I don't know. I would say I would say it was definitely a penalty. I'm not sure if I could say, after thinking about it, it's a dirty hit. I mean, that dude's like 6'7", 270 pounds, like, I'm sure we the the, the the start and stop <laughs> to try and start and stop and you running that fast like I mean I don't know like you said when he lunged like he might have already committed. I feel like he angled his head though. I feel like he angled his helmet. What I'll say is, and manner. I think that, and I think that you guys will both agree on this. If the name on the back of his jersey was perfect, he would have gotten a penalty and he would have gotten thrown out of the game. Big facts. That's a fact. That's uh, a fact. I mean, Clowney has had some things in the past. You might be right, though. But either way, either way, the people that are out there trying to blame Wentz for leaving the game, and, you know, I've had my criticism, but I'm not criticizing him for that. I think that's ridiculous. They should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, I think they should be ridiculous. ashamed of themselves. There's no reason to think that that man needs to go out there and risk – his brain for you when clearly you could see that he was dazed and confused and you can't play around with the head injuries. If it was a, a knee or a shoulder or, you know, something that he could have toughed through, that's different. You can't tough through no damn concussion. Now, no. some people are questioning the fact that he asked to be evaluated if the guy knows he's he's messed up in the head after a hit like that, he got to take those necessary precautions. I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, is it is just a fucking game. This is this man's livelihood, his health. He got a kid coming. It ain't right. worth it. For who? For what? That's, <laughs> that's just and 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 too. So on that point, that's like just kind of illogical or faulty logic. Like so. The opposite of that for him not to say anything and play the game with a concussion. Concussion. Mm-hmm. You're probably better off with your backup quarterback. You know, you're probably putting your team at risk, even put them in the worst position playing with a concussion. Probably. I right. mean, I, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. I saw you a can't lot have your leader. You can't there. have your leader out there like that. Nah, yeah. part of part of but that was a good leader move. You know, you had the other dude, uh, Gruiser Hill admit that he played through a concussion and low key the Eagles um basically banished him from the team. I think they ended up putting him on IR, but he's not gonna come back. You can't oh, yeah, you can't do that. Selfish, you, put, yeah. 
Yeah, you can't. You putting your team and your teammates at risk when you do right. that shit. So you can't. You can't play with. You can't play with that. But it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate that it happened to Carson. I think we all we all got different opinions on Carson. But the one thing we agreed on is that him getting that playoff experience would have been a big deal. Like if they would, if they even if they would have lost, at least if he would have, he would have fucking played. You know what I'm saying? Like that would have been a good deal. But now, it bef- didn't happen before the hit took place. I texted you all. I was I was trying to hold my tongue. I was trying to just let it play out. I said he looks very uncomfortable out there. Okay, that was he looks uneasy out there. That was ridiculous. It wasn't ridiculous. He played. He played. He played eight plays, and you already was talking about he looks uncomfortable. He did. <laughs> did he? You got to go out there in your first game. When I saw Josh Allen out there. In his first playoff game, he took him by the reins, and he got off to a good start. I just, I didn't like the play calling. He was throwing at that guy's feet. It, he didn't look good Ooh. to start that game. I but think it's eight plays. It's a matter, yeah, it's it's a matter of can. nerves. That's a matter of nerves. It was two series, right? I mean, in those two series, he did not look good. This is what it is. I, I, I don't think it was a big enough sample size to really even – evaluate that. I, I low-key was happy that McCown was coming in because I said, all right, now we got a chance. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm somewhat joking there. Somewhat. I thought McCown came in and played well, though. I thought, and we spoke about this, I wish they would have mixed it up with maybe some trickery in the red zone. Yeah. Because they yeah. mentioned it on yeah. the broadcast, the Reds like everything else is pretty like those plays everybody runs, but between the twenties, but the red zone is when if you haven't been getting reps, it's that's when it changes, and you could tell he couldn't do nothing with the ball no. once he got into, no. between the twenties. Yeah, no, no, inside no, the twenties. No, no. And, that, and 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 that's why that that's why what happened to Carson was so unfortunate. Because if Carson Wentz plays four quarters in that game, there is a strong, strong possibility that the outcome is different. Let's get real. Think, Sanders did drop that one ball. It was a little bit behind him, but he should have caught it. That would have probably been a touchdown. Um, yeah. Carson, Carson was one of the best quarterbacks in the red zone this season. So if, if the offense could have been in, the, in those red zone situations like they were with McCown, I would have – I would have felt pretty good with Carson back there, you know, being a little more mobile to get that ball out. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Uh, and then definitely, and, and, and it makes it makes the linebackers, it makes the linebackers have to play as well. They have to play with their eye in the backfield. How did y'all so feel about outer. Doug Peterson's maverick oh, mentality and going forward on those fourth downs? Now it was about. A little bit under five minutes left when he first decided to go for it, and we ended up getting the ball back. What two times after that? So it was like, what could we have done if we would have put the points on the board? And we've talked about the defense playing well. Why not now trust your defense? We have a backup right. quarterback, and right. then who knows if you kick those first and get that three? It's just a different mentality when it's like, all right, now if we score, we can win the game. For the other side of the ball, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. the guys, this is just, just how sports goes. It's how your mentality is and your approach to the game. If now you can now give your team some momentum. 
I think he takes yeah. away momentum when it doesn't happen and just deflates you a little bit. I didn't agree it, it with that does. shot. Yeah, I didn't agree with him going forward in those situations. No, and, and, and I don't think many many people did, especially when you factor in, like you said, you have a backup quarterback, your defense is playing well, but the points on the board, that way it takes the pressure off of the offense when we get the ball back. Exactly. If you have Carson Wentz in the game, hey, I, I, we can we can think about it, we can talk about it. But if you're playing with your backup, who and you have practice players as wide receivers, you're not doing your offense any justice. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, so I think, yeah, I, I, I think Riverboat Doug, that that that, that hurt. That hurt. I think Doug 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 is just as hard to evaluate as as Carson. I think they're mm-hmm. the perfect match, right? It's like you either love him or you don't. I think with Doug, um couple of things. He he's made I never agree with him when he, when he takes these high risk decisions, whether it's going for two or going on fourth down sometimes. Like a lot of times I disagree. I disagree with this one, but at the same time he's been successful in those moments. So I just I've learned to accept you know, this is what it is when you have when you have Doug. Um, you know, it it it, it, it could have been seventeen to twelve, like y'all said, and defense might have been motivated to maybe get a turnover and we could have got the ball back. Who knows? Like it could have been a different situation. But, you know, Riverboat Doug plays aggressive and it just didn't work in the But favor, he likes to he likes to hang it on analytics. There's no way the analytics were telling you to do that with a backup quarterback. Sometimes you gotta now put some common sense into the shit. Like analytics go yeah. out the door now when you're working with your backup damn quarterback, and it's the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's just certain you gotta adjust. You can't just always say the analytics say to do this. You can't do that. You have to be able to be flexible with that shit. And it seems like he's not. He's really not. It it, it is bothersome. It becomes bothersome. And I think he took away a, a, a chance to extend the game and give his guys a chance. You know, but we'll Indeed. see. We'll see. I mean, we got the draft coming up. We'll be watching closely. Um, Nick Foles might be back out there, baby. <laughs> uh, let me bring him stop. in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so one, what, one thing I would say about the what we talked about before, though, it did. What I was, what was, if you want to take some positive from today at least, Howie Roseman did say he thought the window for the Super Bowl with this roster is essentially closing, which I think was it's like closed. GM That's speak. a great thing. It's it was closed. good. It was it was finally, finally, finally somebody in the Eagles acknowledging that. So I, I actually think that there's going to be some significant turnover with the roster. I think some of them older players – are probably going to probably going to leave. I'm curious. The team, the players are kind of look out for is Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins. You know, he's already said he's not coming back on his current deal. I think he's got one year left at about like seven, seven and a half million. And I think, um, you know, the top, the top safeties are, are at that 13 to 14 million dollar range. So there's going to be a little bit correct of a of a of a standoff he's between gone. between the Eagles and him. Uh, well, well, you. Well, this is what you like to do. For you to say he's gone, you got to say who's going to replace him, and he's actually in a position of a little bit of leverage because there's nobody else in that system to back him. He's played 
100% of the snaps the last two years. So he's not an easy – that's not an easy decision. I hope they actually don't let him go because they don't have anybody to replace him. Um, you either drop but, draft but, a kid in the first round or you find you bring Eric find Eric Rowe, see what he's doing. Bring him back. <laughs> this this is why you're on the couch and you're not the GM. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's you can't rookie, you can't you can't lean on no rookie safety to just replace It happens every Malcolm year, nigga. Jenkins. Name name a safety that's a rookie. Let me, let me let while you Google let me while you Google that, I'm gonna keep talking. Uh, yeah, I think ahead. the other player to watch is Jason Jason Peters. He said he wants to come back. Um, we'll see. We'll see Jesus what it gets, what, what happens there. Um, I think I think uh, they probably at a position now where where we get man Nate 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 Gary is going to be the only linebacker to be on the roster. I think they're going to let uh, Bradham go. Um, so they're going to have to reshape linebackers. And we already talked about cornerbacks, and that's just on defense. Um, so there's a lot of work that they got to do. But, I mean, the question is, do they have the executives in that building that can make the right decisions from a draft and in a free agency standpoint? And that's the part that I'm really concerned about because I don't – they've proven that they're very questionable in, in making making decisions on, on, on evaluating talent like, like Toos and, and y'all talked about. So. Yeah, we'll see. We're going to – Move on to the Who You With segment, but we'll always be talking about the birds. Hopefully, next year's a better year for us. It was a it was a roller coaster. Fly, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> we can definitely agree on that, right? Fly equals fly for those birds fans out there that really believe it. <laughs> I don't we, know where we can't, my, we can't where, agree. Where you stand, Jonathan Abram, nigga. Also, another guy we probably should have drafted over that fucking left tackle that didn't get in. Played for the Raiders. Safety. Started. Should have been an eagle. Go get somebody like him. Since you want... You're trying to put me to the motherfucking fire these days, nigga. Jonathan fucking Abram. Moving on. He's probably one out of every ten years. (laughs) (laughs) See, you're always going to have something to come back with. It is what it is. Go get you a starting safety from the draft. Draft well. We wouldn't be in get, this position. I'm going to get you a Wentz jersey. Oh, please. <laughs> I'll burn it. <laughs> All right. So Brad now crazy, we're going to go into the Who You Wit segment. First one, since we're on this topic, you know, there was another quarterback in Philadelphia, didn't have many weapons, but seemed to get it done. From what we've seen thus far, who would you rather have in the big moments? Carson Wentz or Donovan McNabb? Who you with? Ryan, you want to take that one first? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) fly equals fly with your boy huh who you with you know what nah fuck that yo we switching up the game two you tell me who you with nigga go ahead i will i go last nigga i asked i asked the question my nigga who Um, you with 
I mean, as much as I'll go, I'll go first since y'all bullshitting. But uh, I, 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 I think, I think the, I think the questions are a little premature because Wentz hasn't really shown. Who he hasn't are you been with? And he hasn't been in the big moments yet. So, but I will say, fuck a big moment. Who would shit, you rather have? Oh, that's what your question was, and you said big moments. Who do you want? Well, who do you want on your team? I thought you said. All together, who do you think could help lead you on the field if you had to pick? You could take a time machine and put five in it. Would you do it? I mean, num- num- number five was very successful. So I'm going to go down. Oh, not number five. We just call him five. <laughs> What's up, five? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as much as people, as much as people want to shit on Don, I think Carson's more talented. But I mean, from what we saw, we we got a bigger sample size with Donovan, and Donovan was a winner. You're going with Donovan, period. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm gonna is. go with Donovan. But Wentz is Wentz is the better player, in my opinion. You niggas <clears throat> got your we got fucking Ben Vereen and Gregory Hines on the fucking line and shit. Who you with? Dancing around Yo. the damn question. All right, so track record proven. Philadelphia legend, niggas hate him. But if I got to go, if I got to pick one right this moment, I'm picking Donnie Mac. Mm. I'm going to pick Donnie Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick Donnie Mac only based on what he's ever done on the field. And on the field for us, outside of throwing at everybody's feet, in the big moment, <laughs> except for the one, except for one big moment, the most major, uh, Donnie Mac, Donnie Mac came through. Oh, we, man, we that would hurt, man. I was, like, really I, fucked oh, up off of that shit for, like, yeah, a yeah, week it, and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That shit was bad. I, I still didn't watch it. I, to this day, I haven't watched any of the lowlights or anything from that game, and I can't remember much. And I like it that way. Mm. I, I, I like my disappointment in that that right, way. Right. For 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 that time frame, it was beautiful to be an Eagles fan. It was a, it was a beautiful thing. Year in and year out, we were we were the class. We we were at the top of the class. Mm-hmm. So for 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 that for that for that, I'm I'm saying Donnie Mac. I don't think that the the window is closed on on Carson. I definitely don't think that because he. There's no doubt that he's talented. Man, y'all niggas need to stop but, buffering the shit. Who you with? Oh, I'm not buffering. <laughs> oh, no buffering. I'm, I'm with Donnie Mac. I'm with Donnie Mac, man. I'm going there. All right, it's okay. It's okay to be with Donovan. You don't have to protect your boy, Mr. Fragile. Uh, but I'm going oh, to... <laughs> Mr. Glass. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't mean he it from. To, a, he... I didn't even mean it from an injury standpoint. I meant mentally. I didn't mean it from a getting hurt standpoint. And uh, but um, there's no proof for this slander. My God, <laughs> you, you, I, you know, I, you know, you know what? I'm an expert at being able to read a player. I could always read my guys when I'm coaching. Yeah, they were 10, 11 years old. It don't matter. I can still read an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> and his body language does his body language. <laughs> Yo, this body, <laughs> this body language does not do it for me. Pause. He's a, he's a Q, QB whisperer, man. Pause. 
quarterback whisper. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I can I can read the body language of a player. It, it just it bothers me. But in this scenario, we're talking about a guy that throws high or a guy that throws low. But you also want somebody you mentioned earlier, Ron, doing more with less. I think Donovan may have done more with less more than anybody. I mean, we're talking about James Trash, Charles Johnson. I mean, never really had much to work with. Jason Devon was probably one of his best receivers. And if you're not an Eagles fan, you don't know who the fuck that is. So when he got a primetime receiver, somebody that may have been able to take him to the Hall of Fame, there was a clash. And that's my concern with Carson as well. If you get a primetime receiver, you're going to, it's going to come with some stuff. You're going to have to be able to deal with that. But I'm going with five. If I had to put five in the machine, bring him back, it was between him and Wentz, I'm going with Donnie Mack. Next one. Zach Ertz or a top-tier cornerback? Who you with? Mm. I'll take this. Give me Zach Ertz. If we don't have Zach Ertz out of the shit, we have nothing. So I got to take the – give me Zach Ertz. Otherwise, we're not even in the running for anything. So I'm taking Zach Ertz. Mm. Dante? It's a great question because I think I think what's really in Tusa's question is the value of Dallas Goddard. Yep. Um, so the way I look at your question, if you're talking about top-tier cornerback, you're talking about the guy that shuts down one half of the field. Like, they're not even trying to throw to that side. Right. And if that's what you're saying, then, then I'm taking the top-tier cornerback and then I'm going to give the young kid, Dallas Goddard, the reins because I actually think he's really good. And then they could rebuild and get another tight end so they can run that two tight end set. I think it's possible. So I would, put, I would try to go. Plug Perkins in. You're good to go. <laughs> uh, he, well, he, well, let's not get carried away. He, he, had, he had one catch. Yeah, one catch at a time. Let's not plug him. I mean, he but, looked nah, good in the summer a couple of years ago, too. But nah, I'm just I'm halfway joking. Yeah, yeah, but um, but nah, I'm, I'm gonna probably go the other way, Rock. Because if you could get a cornerback that could shut down half of the, half field, of the field, you could uh. you you could do a lot with that. Mm. In the notorious words of that nigga Noriega, he killed that. Damn. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. Fuck that. I'm wrong. But go ahead, Deuce. I want to hear what you're saying. Yeah, no, you're right, though, Ty. Nori said that. He said he killed that. Yeah. He, he does that on drink champs. Yeah, yeah, on, oh, yeah. Okay. but we're not giving them niggas no shine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Whatever, wherever he does that shit. <laughs> yeah, shit. Um, yeah, I'm going with Dante. I think you have a really good young tight end that at some point they're gonna have to make a decision because he's gonna be able to get a lot of money elsewhere. And yeah. Ertz is still years? fairly young. It's like. Honestly, if it comes back up to trade Ertz, because the the reports were that the Jaguars wanted Ertz in the deal for Ramsey, and the Eagles passed. So that's kind of why got me to think about this question. But 
I would definitely go with a lockdown corner and letting Ertz go, primarily because you have a young stud that could be just as good, if not better. We don't know. So, going with the cornerback. Does Ramsey like that? Does Ramsey like that, yo? Uh, a lot of times I, it's about scheme. You know what I mean? Like, Nandi yeah. Asimov was like that until he got into yeah, a yeah, team yeah. that won the you, you know? Yeah. Yes, how you, That's what yes. I'm saying. It's about schemes, how you roll your defense, how you roll over top. Because um, everybody plays some semblance of a Tampa 2, you know. But, yeah, it, it also depends on what you got back over top. So mm-hmm. if your safety isn't about shit, well, then it doesn't matter. And that's that's why I asked that question to y'all because it's it's as as good as Ramsey was marketed and advertised. And I don't I, I don't I think he's good, but you saw Peters go to Baltimore, get an extended contract. He balled out. He balled out. So Baltimore actually won out of all of those transactions. When you look at the cornerback changes, now I don't think Peters is better than Ramsey, but like y'all said, it's the scheme. And I just the not the nominee trade still bothers me. I'm scared of cornerback positions when you get them because these dudes don't be right like, and we did the same with um, just, maxwell he was the best corner on the market we got him and then what was it one year one and done oh my oh my <laughs> god well that was bad i'll never forget when julio torched him his first game he said yeah how many yards <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> yeah. we said oh i finally know how to sell his name i've seen it all day i just think about certain jerry williams picks. Kerry Williams was another one. Kerry Williams. Remember, we got him from, uh, he was with Baltimore. Was it Kerry Williams? Y'all remember him with the Eagles? Yes, yes. No, no, no. He played for, uh, uh, I want to say Carolina. Mm-hmm. No, he was with Baltimore. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I know is we should have Earl fucking Thomas and Jimmy King. Those two drafts misses bother me to this day. And we, I think whoever you drafted in those drafts were fucking duds. No, no, no. Well, we got Brandon I mean, Graham Jimmy Smith, not Jimmy. Jimmy Smith with Baltimore, the cornerback out there. Been there for 10 years. We got we got Brandon Graham, that Earl Thomas draft. I, I would rather have but, Earl. No disrespect. No, no. I, I, but, I know. I know. You know. I don't. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I just I had this conversation with somebody else. We we did get Brandon Graham. He got that he got that fumble forced on Brady for the Super Bowl, but Earl Thomas is definitely a better player. No no yeah. no debate there. Next one. Both of these players we would save about the same amount of money, about four and a half million or so if we let them go. Malcolm Jenkins or Bradham. Who you with bringing back? You said, my fault. The question is Malcolm Jenkins or Bradham? Right. Who, who, who would you who, keep? Who you bring back between them? Right. And, uh, either way, they both will cost you about the same amount and save about four and a half million. If you had to choose between the two, who would you bring back? The other one's gone. I think Malcolm's going to cost them a lot more. Hmm? It's, well, he said he thinks Malcolm will cost him a lot more. But if if you're telling me that you're going to be relatively in in the same lane as far as as far as cost, I'm talking about the cap hit. It's about from that yeah. thing you said that okay. was about four and a half. It was four or something million for both of them. 
Well, if 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 that's what we're saying, I I have to go with Malcolm Jenkins, only because I don't think we've heard Nigel Bradham's name since the Super Bowl year. Maybe that's a scheme. You know, Schwartz is gone or whoever. Do you think he's a talented enough player, young enough guy, that he's mm-hmm. the one you would want to keep around? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still I'm going to stick with with, with Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I think I think what he brings to the team overall, if we're, if we're lining the two up, is is probably more. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Malcolm Jenkins. I believe a year ago, one of you or both of you were singing Mr. Bradham's praises. <sighs> Funny what a year. <laughs> probably two. Funny how what a year can do to you. Who you got, Dante? Yeah, you say, you say one, you say, you <laughs> nigga, say who you any got? Players, you say any better, any players better than Nate Gary? This nigga paints you crazy. Nate like, Gary is better Nate, than Nate. Bradham, nigga. <laughs> you might have, you, you might have not wanted to say that on the recording. It's but, the uh, truth. <laughs> but 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 no, nah, I think I think that's it. This question is easy. I think you take you take Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I think Bradham is a solid player, but I think he is plays the best in a Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz system. And the thing with Bradham is he wasn't really ever supposed to be like that lead linebacker. He played better when Jordan Hicks was there. Mm-hmm. So when he lost Jordan Hicks to Arizona right. and he had to shift toward that, I think he was like middle linebacker. That was kind of like, you know, the, the eye of the defense or whatever they said to call out some of the plays and shit. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, he he always said he hated that. So I think he just played out of, played out of position a little it? bit. Yeah. They said, they said before he, he, they, they, it wasn't his preference. You know what I'm saying? He liked to play on the outside. Um, mm. But you know you can't put Nate, Nate Gary's bum ass out there for that. So Relax. I'm gonna go with Malcolm Jenkins. <laughs> What's Malcolm? Thirty two. Yeah. You know we see safeties John Lynch, Dawkins play pretty well into the mid thirties, right? We're thirty five or so. Yeah. When Dawkins hung it up thirty six, maybe. I think Lynch went to like thirty seven, thirty yeah. eight. The thing, the thing with Malcolm notes too is he's played every down for like the last two years. At some point, that's gonna catch up to you. So, you know, they could, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with him because he's. I think he's on the books for whatever he is. It's gonna cost him more money. But you say he's not coming back, and it's how much more are you really gonna pay that guy? You know, it's gonna be. We'll see. Just pick between the two. I mean, Jenkins has just done more. He's a leader in the locker room. He's a voice on the defense. So if I had a big between the two, I'd bring Jenkins back. I don't know for how long. I don't know how long he's looking for a deal. Maybe it's just a one year, a year to year situation. Maybe that makes sense for and, both parties. I don't know. And see, I think that's where the issue lies. He's an older safety. Uh, he's not going to get any faster. And at this point, he's looking for that contract that will cash him out. But that's not going to happen you know, so, by anybody. I wouldn't think. Not for a 32-year-old. I, I mean, I wouldn't think. You never know. Yeah, but but, but I think that's a team in Washington. That's where the, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where the caveat is. That's where the caveat is. Because there's always somebody. There's always somebody. Maybe not in football all the time, but typically there's always somebody that's willing to overpay. Yeah. That's true. You know. 
Yeah, always yeah, somebody that's is. willing to overpay. And at this point, he has to he has to get his last bit of money, you know, uh, to his la- his nest egg, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He has to get that now. So next one. Got to choose one to come back. The other one's out on the street. This nigga's killing it tonight. Go ahead, King. Boston Scott. Oh, oh Greg man. Ward. Who you oh. at? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Yo, you're not playing fair tonight, bro. <laughs> Which <laughs> one's it going to be? <laughs> Damn. All right. So I'm going to step out here and say this. Not even going to think about it. You got to bring back Boston Scott. Reason being, there are oh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga changed his, changed his mind. Go ahead, Ron. <laughs> no, that wasn't the question earlier. That wasn't the question earlier. <laughs> it, it wasn't against the two. <laughs> go ahead. Question, I thought it was. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you bring back Boston Scott. Reason being is, hey, that SEC boy, they have receivers and they're proven. Every time an SEC receiver gets here into the league, they step up and they kick ass. Which is funny because the quarterbacks don't, though. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. The quarterbacks don't do shit, but the receivers thrive. Right. <laughs> yo, you can get a quarter, yo, you grab a quarterback from the fucking Pac-10 and you grab a wide receiver from the SEC. Right. So, hey, we got to go get one of those SEC receivers. That, so, if, if the kid from LSU, amongst the, I don't know if he's ready, yeah, but... If if the choice is amongst the two, well, then you gotta go get you gotta go get an SEC receiver. And you say, hey, Greg Ward, you did a great job. You're gonna go out there. You're gonna make a couple dollars. <laughs> and thank you. God bless. Good night. So you go with Boston but Scott. Boston, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm go, I'm going with Boston Scott. Boston uh, Scott and, and Miles Sanders in the backfield. That's that's a that's a great tandem. That's a that's a great tandem. I I like it. And Boston Scott he showed. And he proved, um, you know, he, he's next in the line of, of great scat backs. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to say Boston Scott. We, we go with Boston Scott. But Greg Ward, don't go nowhere. We need you, brother. He's gone. <laughs> Dante, who you got? <laughs> you, just, you just ousted him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep it short on this one. It's, it's Boston Scott without a, without a question. Um, you know, definitely that change of, back, change of pace back to to replace Sproles, you can make an argument. Maybe we shouldn't have never brought back Sproles and had Boston Scott out there from the beginning, the way he was playing. So, um, you know, appreciate what Ward did, but you know, I'm 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 more concerned if Greg Ward has as big as a role on the offense next year, like he did at the end of the season. Right. To right. me, that's a red flag. Right. Right. With 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 receivers that are more. Um, I don't want to use the word talented, but have been around longer. Yeah, yeah. it's easy. It's, it's Boston Scott. I mean, he played phenomenal. But, and yeah. He was. He was. You know, we talked about earlier about bright spots. It, it was for me. It was him. You talk spoke a lot about Greg Ward, Ron, and everybody has their preference. But Boston Scott impressed me. You know, I thought that he played phenomenal, and then because the Sproles role would be open now which it's kind of has right. been, 
but yeah, you know, I know. <laughs> I know. yeah, we held. Hey, we 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 tried to hold the, the Eagles. That's that's their one downfall in recent years, which is trying to hold on too long. At one point, it was like once you get to thirty or twenty nine, but that was Andy though. That was Andy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But yeah, he was impressive, man. I hope. I wouldn't see why he wouldn't come back and be a big part of the offense, but I think he can come back and be a big part of the offense. Corey Clement is probably done. I was just about to um, say, hey, Corey, Corey Clement, hey, we appreciate you, yeah. my man. You know what I'm saying? God bless. Interesting thing going to be with Jordan Howard. I don't know if his contract is up or not, but he was playing well until he got hurt. You know what I mean? And I thought yeah. he was healthy the past two weeks, but we didn't see him much. So I guess they just went with the, the hot hands. But I think he's still – can have value, especially in the red zone, but who knows what his market value? I don't think he has much market value, so maybe you can bring him back for cheap. So we'll see. But I definitely think it's Boston Scott. Yeah, yeah. So let's throw a little culture into the who you with segment. So we're gonna move away from the birds and go into a little blue-eyed soul. <laughs> John B. or Robin Thicke. Who you with? Give me that one more time. Who am I with? John B. Or Robin Thicke. White oh, nigga, R&B stop. singers. Who you Cut got? it out. Nigga. What you mean? You know who we with. Cool, relax? Oh, my. You, you better relax. Shit, that's who we went. Who was you there for, man? Please. <laughs> you, you see what your man is doing? Your man is wilding. You, know you going with John B? Is that what you're saying? The cool relax. If you revisit cool relax and let me know if you get the same feeling. It's not a classic album like we thought. Give it another yo, chance today. A, yo, here's. Here, I'll give it a chance tomorrow, but what I will tell you is <clears throat> albums is. Classic, classicity, which is a word that I may have just made up. And if I did, y'all better give me my credit when you start using it. Classicity is based on the feeling that you get when you hear it. When I hear John B., it puts me back in the space. 97 was a hell of a year. (laughs) No doubt. 97 was a hell of a year, man. You know what I'm saying? I I, I had a a small growth spurt before I hit the real growth spurt, but 97, that that started getting me. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't even a question. John motherfucking B. Is he the greatest white R&B singer of all time? I don't know if I'm ready to say that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm ready to say that. <laughs> Yo, you're gonna be jumping out the window. <laughs> you feel pretty strong about him. Pause, but I mean, uh, yeah. oh yeah. But as far as this is concerned, yeah. oh, it's John B. Without a doubt, it's not. It's not even a question. Yeah, John B. Dante, Takes me back to a place. Who you got, Dante? Man, so I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say Robin's sick. He's younger, um, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'm a little I'm a little younger. But honestly, man, I ain't, I ain't going to snitch too much on John B. Man, I actually seen John B. before in college. We went to Columbia, South Carolina, to a strip club, and John B. was doing everything in there but singing. It was nasty in there for John <laughs> B. Man, what the hell are you doing in Columbia, South Carolina? That's about three or four hours away from Atlanta. 
Speaking of well, that's a whole that's a whole nother that's a whole nother I'm sorry I asked. Sorry I asked. Um, <laughs> niggas married now, be relaxed. <laughs> Moving on. I was just I was just a driver. <laughs> niggas said I sat outside and waited for them to come out. I was the designated driver. <laughs> I was on the phone the whole time. <laughs> no doubt. But, no uh, diggity. But honey, I don't know no what's doubt. taking them so long. But nah, I see. I seen John Beard there. Wow. And, ah, and I'll never forget it. That's some <laughs> random shit. <laughs> so you going with yeah, uh, seen Robin Thicke? I'm going to go with Robin Thicke. I don't know what it is with these uh, random R&B niggas. I used to see... Uh, Life Jennings in Atlanta too. I'm sure plus he used to be wild nigga. That's a wild nigga. That kind of oh, makes sense. That. Yeah, that kind of makes sense though. Yeah, that's a wild nigga. Yeah, boy. don't say the wrong thing to him, nigga. Put a cap in your yeah, ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a whole he had a whole section by himself. The dope boys didn't mess with him neither. But but seeing John B was kind of wild. I was niggas like that John B. It is like, yeah. all. It was like, a black strip club. If it was Columbia, it had to be a black strip club. I would. I would think, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nasty. Let me show. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Tay? I'm gonna follow you on that, man. I'm going Robin Thick, man. John B. Only really had that cool, relax, and then the um, they don't know about us record. When I think it was on another album, which was a big record. No. That was, was no, that was, yeah, is it yeah. on Cool Relax? That was on that. Yeah. That's all that's Pac. That's all Pac. Yeah, that was that one. No, I'm talking about the slow song. Don't listen to yeah, what they people don't, say. Don't. Yeah. That's, that's on not, that album. Pac isn't on that song. No, I know, but I'm saying that Pac had the same album on it. If they don't know is on that album. Uh what was the Pac record? Um Are You Still Down? Yeah. 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 So that's the same album. That's okay. on 97. I mean, that was a good album. I tried to listen to it again recently. That's what brought up the question. I'm like, yeah, I don't get the same feel for some of these records. It's it's solid. And then John B. didn't do too much after that. Robin Thicke's still coming out with some some good records. So I'm going I haven't on. heard of Robin Thicke album since he was stealing from Marvin Jack, to be honest with you. But. You gotta listen to the adult contemporary stations. <laughs> yeah, I like 105.3. Uh, I gotta plug it back in. Right. You gotta put on the big, <laughs> you know, what was that shit called? What's it called? The Big DM? Oh, that's the shit down here. Um, but yeah. nigga. But yeah, Robin Thicke got, got some good, soulful records that he's even coming out with today. And then Blur yeah. Lines was a huge record for him. Had some other records out there. Go on with Robin Thicke, man. Y'all voted on this one, bro. No doubt, man. I ain't mad at you, but yeah, just not not for me. I remember when that nigga was on a bike. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that record too, nigga. And I like that record too. He's riding a bike through the city and shit. Wasn't soul. He wasn't doing no. He wasn't much soul going on at that time, but you know. That was are you, are are you trying to call him a culture vulture? Is that what you're trying to do? Nigga, I'm not trying to. I'm going <laughs> to let you do it. <laughs> he said that wasn't working. I'm going to go over to the fucking niggas. He said it's enough of this nonsense. I'm cutting my hair and taking off this dumb ass hat. I'm not a messenger boy. I'm an R&D I man. like that record, though. 
Yo, but with that said, shout out to his father, man, Alan Sick, one of the oh, greatest. Yeah, rest in peace. One of the greatest. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't even want to say pause, but one of the greatest coxmen of all time and shit, uh, Alan Sick. One of the greatest what? Coxman of all time. He he had a great he he was a sniper. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I think he's trying to say he got bitches, but oh, okay, yeah, I, I, <laughs> okay. Yo, his relax. son learned his son learned from him too. Bag Paula Patton, shit. Yeah, he, he did, he did, he did, and was and, and didn't give a damn about her when it counted and shit. <laughs> Damn. Real niggas stand up. (laughs) All right. Last one. What was the worst casting experience out of these two? One's a movie, one's a sitcom. Boomerang or Family Matters? Trying to make us believe that Robin Givens was badder. Than Holly Berry, or making oh, us think that Laura was better than Myra. What's the worst casting? Who you with? <laughs> family, the worst. Family matters. Family matters. Got go. <laughs> that was worse. No. Trying to make Laura was was better than Myra. Laura was horrible. <laughs> she, she wasn't like, that horrible, was, that, that but was... Myra was clear. Like Urkel, are you serious, nigga? This girl like, is Stephane fucking throwing herself. Where's Stefan at? <laughs> Stefan would have seen it much clearer than Urkel on that. But I'm going a, I'm to a jump in there real quick, Ron, and say I'm going to pick, pick Family Matters out of that, man. That, that get, was worse. Get, get, get Laura out of here. Get Laura out of here. I actually hated her. I'll be honest. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I, I fucked with Myra. Myra was tough. Rest in peace to, uh, I don't know what her real name is, but to Myra, she passed away. But yeah, to me, it was always watching that shit like, what the fuck is going on? This one wants you, and you fucking taking this treatment every day of your life from this one? Like, come on, Urkel. Shit. Michelle Michelle Thomas. Rest in peace, Michelle Thomas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going against the green. Because I'm a Mike Tyson fan. And I hate Robin Gibbons. <laughs> I hate no Robin Gibbons. I would you. I would you. Not only do I, I don't like her as a that. person, but I've always felt Robin Gibbons was an ugly person in the face. She looked like the predator. I don't fuck with Robin Gibbons. Oh, no. shit. No, not even, nigga, in, you know not even in blank, man? <laughs> uh, nigga, blank. <laughs> Kimberly John. <laughs> Kimberly John? No, no, fuck out of here, nigga. Let that bitch go. Yeah, so I'm going against the green. Fuck Robin Givens and mm. her mom. You mm. know what I'm saying? And shout out to Mike Tyson. Mm. Nigga should have hit that bitch with six two feet. Relax. So, all right. Yeah. Oh no, 2020. Yeah. We're trying to be better. It's 2020. No, we left hitting bitches back yeah. in 2019. We're not doing yeah, that. Yeah, no yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> nigga. I'm trying to. I'm trying to change it. All right, we're we're we're, we're nine days in. All right, I'm trying to be a better man. <laughs> All right, so with that said, yeah, fuck Robin Givens. I don't, I don't like her. Never will. Never have. And that was an interesting so, one yeah. too, because it was like, are y'all really trying to make us believe that 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 Robin Givens was more desirable than Holly Berry? Like Eddie, are you blind? 
she's much right. nicer, has a better attitude, and she's bad as hell. What, yeah. do you, what do you want to deal with this be, for? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, you you can't be a fucking superhero <laughs> and you don't see that. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense. Like, how are you yeah. looking at Robin Givens and then looking at Holly thinking that you need to be with damn Robin Givens? Never made sense right. to me. Ever. No, Robin Givens is a she's a she's a low life. But just think and if they did it. But think if they did it. Years. Think if they did the reversal. It probably would have been a better movie because it would have made more sense. Like, oh, yeah, he wanted to be with her even though she's not that attractive. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> People would have felt that more. But it was almost like, nigga, how? Why did it take you so long to realize, nigga? What the fuck is going on with you? Yeah, Robin Givens. Get her out of here. We're <laughs> off that. We've been off that. Ever since she sat on that couch, who was it Oprah or was it 2020? It was Hindsight both. is always 20. <laughs> yeah, all she of was it. on Look, both she couches. On, she couldn't wait to shit on Mike. Get the fuck out of here. And and Mike's on top right now. You know what I'm saying? Shit, the ball don't lie. I don't know. I might be changing my mind on that one. It might be See Boomerang. See what I'm saying? Boomerang might have been worse. Come on, man. Come on, man. Fuck Robin Givens. Nah, Gibbons. nah. Laura was whack. I'm sorry. I was about to say, you better go Laura real quick. Thank you, man. <laughs> go on she with Myra. But we're going to say that. You know what? I'm, hey, mine's is based on, mine is based off of off of a person, off of a real life person. So, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I'm that's out you. of here, Robin Givens. We don't got time for you. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap this thing up. I mean, the black coaches thing has been out there. We can touch on it real briefly, and then we'll wrap it up. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the fuss about it mainly on ESPN, um, and that network has seemingly tried to really tap into the racial issues that go on in sports. And I give them some credit for that. Kudos to them. Stephen A. is hollering left and right, and to me, it's clearly because he's trying to make up for the Kaepernick blowback. Now he's trying to get his card mm-hmm. back because they took it from him and gave it to Max. So he's so been, hold that, right? he, he's been going hard about this, but we see it every year, right? I mean, people hire people who look like them. That's that goes on in every single in industry. When I was looking for a job at one time, I did not sit in front of anyone that looked like me. And you right. go through that process. It, your process is going to be longer than your white counterpart. Because people mm-hmm. hire people who look like them, um, women, the the women, world. women go through the same thing, because most of the yep. time the people you're sitting in front of is a white male. Yeah. What can we really do about nice. this? What can we really do about this? And the NFL and people like, well, they can set an example or this, that, and the third. It's like it happens everywhere. It's just the fact that this is broadcasted every day and it's breaking news when somebody gets a job. What can we really do? They got the Rooney rule. People have just, I think initially it, it had some effect. But now what they do is just hire, uh, bring in one of the position coaches and just say they interviewed them. Right. And do. And let me ask you all this. The people who are the token interview, should they start to. Why do to, they do it? Should they start yeah. to make a stance? But yeah, Mike Tomlin was the token interview. And impressed him so much that he got the job. So I don't know. Mm. What do y'all think? You know what the 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 issue is that it's such a it's such a difficult thing to 
to survey. Uh, reason being is because you don't know intent, right? So without knowing actual intent, which you never know intent until the end, you 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 can't quantify it. They can't be quantified. So so if we bring in if we bring in the the assistant video director, right, who honestly has no fucking shot at getting a job. But if he walks in and he has a great interview and he speaks well and he gets the job, well, then he's an anomaly. Right. The, 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 so the issue is, I can't even call it an issue. The fact of the matter is, the Rooney Rule in, in theory is great. It's great in theory. The problem is that ultimately, if you don't get the job, then you're nothing more than the token interview. So, so there's, I don't think that there's necessarily a right or a wrong answer as to bringing in a minority candidate. Well, it's, I, just, it's, 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 I hate when people it's, it's very, very difficult. I'm just hearing a lot of hollering for an issue that has been going on for a long time. And I think some of these guys yeah. have their own agenda, a la Stephen A. Smith. But right. what are you offering as a solution? You know, we go back to you know how Republicans behave. They just condemn everything and don't offer any solutions. I mean, because because the fact of the matter is not to cut you off, too, is that there is no solution. The only solution is so right. so so. You understand? So is the solution that for every five white coaches that are hired, well, we have to hire one black. Well, that it's that a slippery is a, slope. That's not it a, that's a slippery not, slope. Not even a slippery slope. That's not that's not real because you're dealing with people's organizations. Owners. Their business. They they yes. have the right to do yes. with it what they, what they choose. And exactly. the fact of exactly. the matter so, is, the these guys that own these teams are white men, and that's where it all lies. Yes. There's no people in position of power that look like. And they made a good point um, on one of these shows earlier. Everybody passed on Lamar Jackson. He might not even yeah. have been a first round pick if it wasn't for Ozzy Newsom. Is that his name? Had it not been for 32 fucking picks. <laughs> How real is that? No, but Ozzy, a black GM at the time, made his last first round pick be Lamar Jackson because he could, yeah, he could see it, saying. he could identify it. Yeah, he traded yeah. up to get him. Trade, he traded with the Eagles to right. move up and get him, too. Right. And, and even in Kaepernick's situation, if there were more black coaches, black GMs, he might have had a job a long time ago because they can understand it and have more empathy for the situation and maybe be able to feel more comfortable trying to manage it if they were to bring him on right. the team. But now watch this, though. Let me, let me just say this. But even if there are more black GMs, then they still have a white owner slash boss that they have to answer to. Yeah, but I right. think that the white owners, some owners are hands on and some are hands off. It all, it all depends. I think if that's, that's you true. entrust that's your true. GM that's to true. make the moves, then the, the the owner may ultimately just support it. I don't know, but what do you think, Dante? Um, I mean, I think I agree with everything that was said. I think you still got to be, I think it's cool to continue to make this part of people's awareness but it, it it needs to be more consistent don't just r bring awareness to it once a year make it be like a real thing i mean mm. they got 
We got so you got Mike Tomlin, Brian Flores, the Dolphins coach, Anthony Lynn, who's the Chargers coach, right? And then you got that's the only three black coaches we got left. And then you got Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera with the with the Redskins. Who so you got four minorities, three of them are black. So you know, but you got a league that's seventy percent or whatever it is, I think like seventy, eighty percent of black athletes. So there's a dynamic that you know. You kind of continue. You have to continue talking about it, and I get it. But I think what what Ron was saying, I agree with it. Is at the end of the day, it's about power, and it's a these are these are private. It's a private league, I think, whatever. And and you know, as long as they satisfy this requirement, you know, which is which is our our way of affirmative action to get black coaches a look. You know, they 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 they're, they're cheating. They're cheating the system. They're cheating fans, and they're cheating coaches of opportunities. I think, you know, more recently, and, and I'm never one to count nobody's money, but I think a lot of the outrage was, you know, um, and this is this is a Temple guy, so shout out to him. I'll let you do that too. But with, I guess when Matt Rule got got this new deal, you know, it's a pretty extensive contract, and he's an unproven coach, so that kind of shocked a lot of these networks just to kind of start talking about it. And right. I mean, I, I get it, but there was the solution. It's, it's like, you need more black ownership. We talked about that before. And where's Jay Z been more, at? Whatever happened to the concerts and all that bullshit? Did that shit ever happen? Do we know? Man, we need to go back and figure <laughs> out. What, I don't know. I haven't heard nothing. I got nothing. The merchandise. Nothing. Like there's question. been nothing. So isn't he supposed to be a part of the change? And then after the first few weeks of the season, we haven't heard shit. Last thing I think I heard about him in the NFL was, I guess he he they may have been a part of people trying to get cap a workout. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a rumor in itself. We know the Super Bowl is coming up, and he's got J Lo and Shakira. That's really all I know. And maybe there'll be more discussions then. But you're telling me that. You came in to do work in the streets, and all we see you is at the beginning of the season and at the very end. Mm. Is he trying to run away from some of the backlash that he got? Because we ain't seen him. It was supposed to be a certain amount of concerts that would raise money that would be given to um, organizations to help inner city youth and, and things of that nature, right? Urban areas. I don't remember recalling any concerts outside of the one that people had a problem with some of the lineup there. Well, I think we might've been Megan Trainer or something. So <clears throat> Hove, where you at? Yeah, I will say, I will say part of him taking this position is he's supposed to be, I don't know if he said he's supposed to be a spokesman, but he kind of fell into it. Right. So, you know, they're talking about lack of black head coaches, you know, you, what do you think about it? You got to say something, right. I think. You know no, I mean? no, exactly. But he was brought, in my mind, he was brought in for these type of things and to be able to rub shoulders with these owners and things of that nature and try to work from the inside. That was his whole plan, right? And we're right. not seeing any fruits of whatever labor. There's something to think about. Ah, solid, solid point. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think, I think that that's all they can do, but I just want to see them talk about it more. They got a black um, uh, a lawyer that that is the head of the 
players union, at least he represents them in Demar Smith, right? right? So, you know, there's some people in there in position. I want to hear what they think about it. But at the end of the day, you can't force teams to interview black coaches. You know what well, I'm saying? They have. You could be a squeaky wheel. <laughs> but you, all you got to do is one. I mean, but but exactly. But that's not we we we're showing that they're they're circumventing that. You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're just they're getting deuce they're getting deuce uh, they're getting deuce daily to interview, and then they're saying we checked the box and we did it. Well, that's why I had a more of a problem. Yeah, I had more of a problem with the Joe Judge hire with the Giants over Matt Rule. Matt Rule has proven that he can turn around an organization and if you ask anybody that played for him they follow that guy right so he is a player coach they knew kind of what they were getting from that perspective this Joe Judge guy you telling me Deuce Staley doesn't have more experience than him he was a wide receiver coach for not that long now we I think the Giants are just like a racist organization never had a black quarterback never have a black coach Something about that organization just rubs me wrong altogether. But that Joe Judge hire, to me, was more a smack in the face because there are guys out there like Deuce Staley, Eric Bieniemy, guys who were lifers, played the game, not even getting an opportunity. So, I mean, it's bothersome, but it's almost like, and that's the problem, what happens is you become numb. You know what I mean? You become, it becomes so standard and normalized. And it's, you're right, it's good that they're bringing it up. But now what? And we thought the Jay-Z's of the world would help with some of these things. It continues to be business as usual for these NFL owners. And then when we spoke about not too long ago, Dante, is how much longer do we support this shit? And when do we really organize ourselves to say we're not going to continue to support this shit? Unless we see some change. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. Not too much we can really, you know, hash out or try to, there's nothing that we can figure out, you know. It's good that they continue to talk about it because they know it's a problem. But now what? So either they don't know, don't show, I don't care about what's going on in the huddle. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.